0: I am excited about this series. I've been looking forward to it for quite some time. It was, um, it's been a couple months brewing inside me, and, and the goal of this series is I want to help what's going on. Uh, I want to help people find a lift on the inside that we all need because we go through some stuff in life sometimes life can be difficult sometimes relationships can be difficult work can be difficult school can be difficult so many areas can have uh strife conflict inner uh, turmoil and i i i was galvanized that we need to step into this series about two months ago when about four of our lifters all went through various situations all at once and i was like man just feels like uh, spiritual warfare, feels like a little bit of, uh, of people under attack and some of them handled it well and some of them did not handle it as well and, and I believe the enemies at work just trying to, to, to mess with every single one of us scripture says that uh, the enemy roars around like a lion seeking whom he can devour And so anytime we encounter adversity, it is always, it's not just a moment of, uh uh-oh, what's going to come out of me? You know, I'm always praying that when we are squeezed, what comes out of us is something that gives God glory and not Satan glory, amen? And so, you know, my pastor once said, you can call yourself crest all you want. But if the tube of Crest is squeezed and bacon soda comes out, if something bitter comes out of it, it, it then, then you know you might have labeled yourself one thing, but that is totally different from what is on the inside. It is when we are squeezed and we go through conflict and adversity and that we find out what's in us. And so I actually wanted to share a few of the good uh, uh, stories that the lifters went through where, I have to be honest, right when it happened, I kind of went what 's about to come out <laughs> what 's about to come out? and you've felt that before too. I, I want to first shout out Tabitha. Uh, I know Tabitha is uh, one of our lifters up and up in this house and um, her, uh, they, they, they own a, a great business, it's a, a petting zoo, come on a, a, We've had them out front a few times for Christmas Eve and various things And we love their heart for Lyft and, and they've been growing with Lyft and, and I see her sitting right back there and they have an amazing business And they do a, a lot of awesome things But I remember seeing a post come across social media Now that's a miracle all by itself because I'm not very good with social media at all But you know how when a negative post happens Or when some sort of conflict Brews up on social media It grabs legs really quick You don't even have to be on social media For your to look at your spouse and go Look what they just said Oh my goodness, how they gonna respond and, and, and I won't share all the posts But it wasn't a pleasant post If you've been a business owner before These are the types of posts that keep you up at night You're like, God, no <laughs> Where is the magic eraser of social media? right and 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 it, it, it seems like it was taking a little out of context but we didn't know that at the time all I could tell you is the opening line read like this and every business owner I'm sorry for the anxiety you start getting right now because it said for anyone thinking of using their business all caps don't and you're like where is this going <laughs> and and what's about to come out like what's the response gonna be because I know our dog-eat-dog world. I know our, you gave me a bad Google review, I will let you know how I will review you. You you know, like, you're gonna talk about my man, you're gonna talk about uh, my people, you're gonna talk about this, and um, uh, uh, shortly after I, I was, I began to pray for this lifter like let them respond well and um, what was pretty cool is just a day or two later um, even though the post w- was long uh, the original post a day or two later the same poster wrote this I want to retract my statement about their business everything was a misunderstanding and the issue was resolved swiftly and kindly come on can y'all give it up because that's what I'm talking about. A little bit of adversity, a little bit of strife, a little bit of, you said what? I can't, I'll let you know how I felt too since we're all freely sharing our opinion. right? That could come out, but instead there was a retraction. Now, in the world we live in, I was asking for permission to share that story, and she was lamenting, it's a shame that the, the, the pessimistic uh, share got 40 shares and the retraction got nine. Because we all love to gossip. We all love to share bad news. We all love to pass out. We all love to talk about when someone's down. We all, it it, it seems like that, those kinds of things happened here's another kind of adversity that one of our lifters was going through I see Jeff is sitting at the back and I asked his permission to share this story because about two months ago he had approached pastor Aaron and then as well myself and and some others for some counsel because he had seen some some federal and some and some state laws uh, violated in his workplace and he had an issue with this. His integrity had an issue with this. And so he, he slowly talked through the proper chains of authority, addressing privately and correctly, hey, I'm seeing this, are you aware of this, maybe you missed this. And it just kept getting ignored. And as he continued to talk to the right people in the chain of authority, um, eventually they found that instead of addressing his comments, they should put him on an emotional leave of absence he finds out after one of his meetings where he thought he was helping that you are relieved of your duty for the next two days as we figure out what we want to do with you in the long term and i started praying with jeff i i I was reminded of matthew chapter 5 in the beatitudes i said blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness the bible says they will be filled so hold on my friend i know it all looks bad right now because the next day he gets called back and says you are relieved of duty. No longer report back after your leave of absence. We're making a change. You have been let go. And I knew that this was a low moment because he's standing for righteousness. He's, he's trying to uphold integrity. And his integrity uh, 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 led him to a place where he lost his job. And I said... This is where faith matters. We have to lean in. We have to trust God. And I love that Jeff is the type of guy who had his faith reservoir built up. He didn't need a lot of lifting from Pastor Aaron and I. We, we, we were there for him, but he kept believing by faith. I don't know what's happening, but I believe God will do something good on the other side of this thing, though I'm unemployed at the very moment. <laughs> so that happened maybe on a thursday or friday i check in with him on a monday and i'm like how you doing my friend how are things over the weekend i'm in this parking lot because this building is under construction and i pulled up and i thought when i get uh hands-free driving when i put it in park come on holla at you, boy hands-free driving yeah throw it in park and i was just like hey how are you doing i was thinking about you on my drive you doing okay he writes i'm I'm in the church building, employed, working, constructing the new church home. And I'm like, I'm in the parking lot trying to encourage you. God's got something good. So <laughs> I, I go running inside, and my brother's installing doors in this place. And, and he's just got a big old smile on his face. I'm like, look at God. He said, I don't know what God's doing, but this is this is working. And and. The next week, I check in on him, how's he doing? He finds out that he's, his name has been uh, put in for a dream position, and he was offered his dream position. He said this, I quote, literally everything I prayed for since I lost my hot rod shop over four years ago. Come on, the Lord was restoring what the enemy had taken from him. Can I get an Amen. But I have to tell you what you're probably thinking too: that when Tabitha sees that post, or when Jeff hears that he's being let go, what is the usual response from usual people? The common ones are things like uh, "flip him the bird." That's a kind one, right? That, 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 that seems like the, the, the kind side of society because you could always cuss them out. You could always take it to social media. You could always blast them back. You could always start gossiping about them to everybody who's living and breathing. You can live life offended for a long period of time. You can live with scars. Basically, you could give yourself an excuse for poor behavior, even Christians can walk around go well I have a reason to be sour I have a reason to be upset I have a reason to be quick triggered I have a reason to be short fused And, and, and I wonder if we had like in people if we could all see a frustrometer not a thermometer not a barometer what if we could all see a frustrometer on our chest just on our shirt somewhere where we could see where a person residually lives in frustration whether it's with their marriage, their workplace, their, maybe even their faith life, or, or, or their kids, or, or school, or, or what friends are doing. And I'm always giving and I'm never receiving. I wonder, because on everybody's frustrometer level, there should be a line that says tipping point. <laughs> the lid is going to blow. <laughs> Nothing Christian comes out the moment I go above this level. Because <laughs> we all know it and we've all seen it. And we've all crossed it before, and when you do, it's just like, Jesus, have a seat on the bench, I'll be back with you whenever I catch my cool, but I'm going to let you know how I'm feeling right now. And I wonder if the residual frustrometer on every single, bo- every single person in general across America is higher than it was 10 years ago higher than it was 20 years ago it just seems like society's just kind of building the residual level so that everybody's a little bit closer to the tipping point a little bit closer to letting you know a little bit closer come on before it used to be just swinging fists now it's pulling guns come on because our frustrometer level i think we're all living in a place where we need a little bit of serenity and since i'm a product of the 80s holler at your boy if you enjoyed the 80s come on listen nobody okay anyway you weren't born yet anyway since I'm a product of the 80s the best way I know how to describe people's inner cry and emotional state today is with the help of Frank Costanza from Seinfeld as he expresses how many of us feel on the inside watch this serenity now serenity now (laughs) what is that doctor gave me a relaxation cassette when my blood pressure gets too high Man on the tape tells me to say ser now! Oh, Serenity now! Serenity now, <clears> Serenity now. Serenity now. Serenity now. Serenity now. Serenity now, Serenity now. Serenity now. Serenity now. What is? What is the solution? When we have inner conflict and our frustrometer level is at a high, is it running around just constantly repeating to yourself under your breath, serenity now, serenity now, or can we find serenity now in Jesus Christ? Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you that you are the Prince of Peace, Jesus, and I thank you that you're here in the room, Holy Spirit. So God, be honored. Speak to us. Open our hearts. We need you. We have problems, we have issues, we are weak, and you are strong. So God, I thank you. Be our all in all. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone agrees, said? Amen. Amen. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5. This is going to be a staple scripture that if you brought your Bible, I want you to open it to Galatians 5, and I want you to stay in it. Now, some of you like to de- uh, uh, deconstruct your food a little bit, and you call yourself a foodie, right? Like, come on, it used to be a sandwich, but now when I deconstruct it, look how cool it is, come on. You're know, you deconstructing sushi, it doesn't work like that, okay? Anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to deconstruct Galatians chapter 5 a little bit because I'm going to take it out of its typical order. I would encourage you to read it as homework later this week, but I'm going to read it backwards, not literally backwards each sentence, but I'm going to start towards the end and, and reconstruct it um, in a different angle, because I want you to see what God is saying in Galatians chapter 5 through the Apostle Paul. This is a central passage I'm going to come back through to over and over again today. Here's what the Bible says in verse 22, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love. Joy, peace, patience. As I read these, let them hit home at the soul, the inner core. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Bible says that if the Spirit is in operation of our life, we should have these things starting to fire off as fruits in our life. Now, how many of y'all would love to say, "I got all of these fruits all of the time going on in my life"? Right? Anybody other than me standing up here, you say, "I'd like to have that, Pastor Drew." I think I might have serenity now if I had these things going on in here. But I think that most of us would say, "I've got two, maybe three of them at any one time." Then it be, then it's like putting them all in a in a dice, shuffling them up. Throwing three out there and go, okay, cool. I got faithfulness, kindness, and a little bit of patience, patience at the moment, right? But on any given situation when you mix up the, the people I'm hanging with or if I now go to my workplace or now I travel home, you might as well put them in the dice and shake them back up and I got a little bit of self-control. <laughs> yeah, because it seems to change. And I think we'd find serenity now if we could have these. Imagine if you... If you could fill in your name with, your name is full of love. In fact, if it's true, fill in your name. Drew is full of love. Drew is full of joy. If it's not true, leave it blank. Blank is full of peace. And and as we go down this list, we start seeing the ones that everyone remembers love, joy, and peace. But what about kindness? And where's that gone? And is it still a fruit of the Holy Spirit in my life, whether I'm dealing with strife or not, whether I'm dealing with adversity or not, whether they posted well of me or not, whether they kept me employed or not? Where's kindness? Or do you get to go, blew a lid, here we go, right? Where's goodness? Where's faithfulness? Where's gentleness? Where is self-control? Because we'd love to have all these fruits operating in our life, but why is this list so difficult all the time? it doesn't it feel like there's always like resistance to the list just when i'm starting to work on some of these it feels like i got a setback in other ones of these and the reason there feels like resistance is back up a little bit in galatians chapter five the bible says there's two things going on and they're in resistance yes this is what the spirit wants to do in each and every single one of you but there's also a flesh going on it's called a verse 16 and 17 the sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants these two forces are constantly fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your good intentions I made it this big so that you can see you and I are me and we are constantly fighting between flesh and And spirit and all that I want to do there's something constantly pulling me over here to this and and it says in verse 19 when you follow desires of your sinful nature the results are very clear and he goes on to list a lot I'm going to shorten the list from Galatians 5 just for this series purpose and so I'll just share the ones he lists that have to do with adversity in life he says this Uh, uh, the sinful nature the results are very clear lustful pleasures hostility quarreling jealousy outbursts of anger selfish ambition dissensions divisions envy and other sins like these anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God he says very clearly that though that list is really good There's a whole nother list going on inside of every single one of us, and you are experiencing it, too And there's a number of these on the list that just keep pulling me back It just keeps wrapping me back in It's just like when I hit my tipping point, I return to one of these And just like I've got two or three of these probably firing on all cylinders Unfortunately, if we'd be honest today, we'd say there's two or three, maybe four or five firing on all cylinders, too and, it's, and I live in this battle in between the two where my, my flesh wants this, but my spirit tells me to live like this. And I'm, I, I, I can't find that inner peace, and I can't find that serenity. I mean, the, the Bible even says that you will not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, heaven is not on your future if this is the list you operate from. If this is the one you buddy up to most of the time. If the people who love you most say, you stand more on this side of the stage than you do on that. What they're saying is, you need to allow the spirit of God and his power to move you more and more. Now, we're human, and we're going to deal with stuff like this, but we should be way more caught up buddy-buddy on this list working and striving here looking to reduce this list over here we're all dealing with this list in us this is the problem with finding serenity now we are all dealing with this list inside of us don't lie to yourself you got it going on too and the people all around you are dealing with this list as well so even if i can find peace inside myself Peace is just one conversation away from being gone because I'm also talking to other people who are dealing with this list. And they can draw me back in or draw the worst out of me. And so I've got to realize that there is this kind of war going on. Think about it. Just this week, Montgomery, Alabama, a big brawl over what? Moving a pontoon boat three yards forward. Does that warrant a fistfight? Does that warrant ganging up on somebody? Does that warrant the kind of uh, 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 hostility and adversity? You move my pontoon boat? Nobody touches my pontoon boat. Or is there a lot more of this going on inside of us? That we got to start being real and saying, I need my Christianity to be more than just a name tag on a shirt. I need my Christianity to be on the inside of me so that I can love people, I can have joy with people, I can have peace, and I can have kindness with people, even if you move my pontoon boat. You get what I'm saying? Be, more importantly, if somebody moves your pontoon boat, can I have kindness? Can I have gentleness, or do I just get an awesome excuse to have really poor character? Because that is what seems to be the residual default on the frustrometer in the world we live in today. We are just one spark away from this side going off on that side. These people attacking these people. These there, him here. Hey, hey, come on, it's just everywhere. And it feels like even if you drive on the road, like, okay, I would like on the side of my job, I would like to start a public service campaign That if you choose to drive slower than the normal traffic the right hand side is reserved for you no shame no judgment you know just hop on that side of the road no big deal nobody's got a negative opinion of you just hop on over there right but but there's a side of me that's just like they're in the left-hand side lane. Nobody can pass. They haven't passed anybody in the last 82 miles. I think I'm gonna honk at them. And my wife's like, Don't honk at them. What if they what if they have a gun? What if they pull us over? What if they say you're in the left hand side lane? Come on. I grew up learning how to drive, where I, I accidentally stayed in the left-hand side lane too long and somebody swerved by me and honk honk honk, stuck his hand out the window and did one of these. And we made so much fun of him as we laughed, and then I was just like, I ain't no longer driving slow on the left-hand side. <laughs> you can't do that today, because people are a little bit ready to snap, ready to be offended, ready to be hurt, ready to take offense and jump on anything. You know, I was sitting with our mayor, Jack Heath, this week in the office, and we got to spend a little bit of time together. And I just wanted to orient him to who we are and the building that we're in, and also Get to know him a little bit better and I shared with him our goal at lift church is not to just be a church that meets on the Sunday Our goal is to lift the city and so whatever keeps you up at night Our church wants to know about it because we will be praying about it. We will be serving We're all about serving. We serve at least once a month if not more We want to be someone you can look to in our city if you got a friend in us What keeps you up at night And, and and he told me the the three things that the last Last mayor had told me, I said, I know the three biggest needs in Salisbury are the opioid crisis, homelessness, and youth inactivity. And because of the youth inactivity and not enough going on there, they're getting into trouble and opioids and all this other stuff. And he said, your list is correct, but it's in the wrong order. The number one problem in Salisbury is youth inactivity. He said, actually, the number one problem is youth killing youth. I said, tell me more about it. I want to hear it. I want my heart to break like your heart breaks so that our heart breaks like your heart breaks. And he said, on average, four a month. And I said, so that's one a week? Because he said, when you and I were in school, if you had a problem with someone, you might end up with a bloody nose worst case scenario. Now, it can be life threatening everybody's frustrometer level is just at a higher rate and and a lot of it comes from the breakdown of the family that we think is not very uh, important to to some people but I'm telling you it is the fabric central part and listen I don't mean any condemnation if you've got any of this in the past I'm just saying for every single one of us going forward by the help of the Holy Spirit let's let God restore some things in us because the neglect of parenting or the abandonment or the 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 divorce rates so many in our world are hurting because they feel like I didn't have a healthy role model, I didn't have someone show me the way, I didn't, I didn't see what healthy looked like and like I said I don't want any condemnation but I do want you to feel this next passage right here in Ezekiel chapter 16 because when I read it two days ago my heart started to break Ezekiel captures what so many people are walking around with in our society young and old feel this because if it's not you it's your neighbor on the day you were born no one cared about you. No one had the slightest interest in you. You were unwanted and you were abandoned. And if that's you, I'm sorry. I I, would love to apologize on behalf of whoever did that to you. And if that's not you, you need to open your eyes that that's the person next to you. That's the person in the hallway next to you that everyone picks on. It's the one that doesn't have many social media friends. It's the one who doesn't get invited to all the social gatherings. It's the one who feels inferior as a sibling to the other siblings. It's it's the one who feels unwanted and abandoned, but listen to how God turns it all around. But I came by and saw you there. I said, live, and I helped you thrive. Can we give it up for our great God? who lets no one go, miss, or abandon, or neglected. He said, I have never abandoned you. I have never forsaken you. I know exactly which pit they put you in, Joseph. I know what your siblings did to you. I know how they tried to cut you down. I know how they tried to take your life. I know how they tried to steal your joy, your peace, your kindness, your gentleness. I see you, and I have not neglected you I have not abandoned you I have helped you to thrive but the problem with Ezekiel chapter 16 is if you continue to read the people returned to their lost state we got to be the people who realizes our God is a God who lifts says live and helps us to thrive somebody say we got to reach we got to reach if there's people like this all around us we got to reach and so that's why I'm so excited about what lies ahead this year Uh, They're going to put it up on a screen real quick so that maybe you can take a picture and take some notes. But here's what's going on this year. I'm so pumped about the rest of this year in ministry. On uh, uh, Saturday, uh, the 26th, we're going to have a workday Saturday where we try to catch up on a list of maintenance things around this building. If you can come from 9 to 12 p.m., we're going to be painting drywall, repairing drywall, getting some sound panels up, cleaning some areas we didn't get to, and getting this thing ready for Seven days of prayer in September from 3rd to the 10th. We're going to have seven days of prayer every January We have 21 days of prayer and fasting and I want to get back to prayer for seven straight days uh, As we get back into the school year come on Maybe you've been vacationing maybe you vacationed a little bit on your Christianity, too This is going to be a good time to get that fire going again Uh, 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 That's going to start on Labor Day weekend and so on Tuesday through Friday Friday we're going to have 7 p.m. Worship and prayer experience Every single evening I want to invite you out and I want you to invite Your friends out too because On September 6th we're going to Have a ribbon cutting with the city And other business leaders And Mayor Jack Heath said he's Excited about what God's doing and He will be there too so I'm Pumped about that in our meeting Also on September 10th We're going to have a grand opening here Three experiences 8.30 10 and 1130 I'm going to encourage you as always to pick the first Or the last one to come to Because I believe that there's a lot of people Who are going to come flooding into the middle one Who maybe are like Ezekiel said Feeling abandoned, feeling low Feeling at their wits end And God wants to give them a lift in life We're going to start a brand new sermon series Called Chosen That Week And so if you've watched The Chosen before You know how good it is We did it once before With season one two years ago And everybody loved it, so we're going to do it again in in season three. If you don't know anything about it, start binge-watching The Chosen. It's about the best thing you could binge-watch at home. And it's the most biblical thing you can binge-watch at home about Jesus. I'm excited to get Jesus-centric in that series. Then on September 27th, we're going to have a building dedication where church leaders and overseers are coming in from around the nation to celebrate what God's doing here. And I want you all here too because we're going to be praying over this building anointing it and believing for the best the next morning we're hosting all those church leaders right here and investing in them so that it spreads when it goes back to where they go and then we got at the movies after that and christmas how can y'all not be excited lift church if you're excited with me say let's go somebody say let's go one more time say let's go i told the mayor this is why we need more than just activities for our youth. We need healing of the heart. Cuz a lot of it's not their fault. And you can occupy the schedule, but can you heal the heart? And so our youth ministry is not about occupying the schedule and giving the parent a load off. Never has been, never will be. In fact, this past Wednesday we had interns lead the entire thing. That means high schoolers who came two days a week all summer long to grow, to grow in their faith and doctrine. They led the entire experience. They saw twice as many kids come out, somewhere over 100 kids up in here worshiping on Wednesday night. It was awesome. So let me finish by saying this, and I got a lot to say, so you might want to write down some of these scriptures. It feels like attaining these fruits and overcoming this flesh and finding peace in our world seems impossible. Maybe I'll get it when I die, Pastor, but I can't get it now. No, 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 no. You can find serenity now. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow though my strength indeed is small child of weakness watch and pray find in me thine all and all God says you can have serenity now Isaiah 9 verse 6 says the, the Messiah coming his name will be Prince of Peace and check this out of the increase of his peace there will be no end Maybe you missed that before because I did, too His name shall be mighty God, wonderful counselor uh, uh, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace Of the increase of his government and peace Let me take out government just for a second so that you can get serenity today Of the increase of his peace There will be no end I'm not seeing that in my world today, Pastor That's okay, in you You can find serenity now, even when turmoil kicks up all around. Can I get an amen? Philippians 4, verse 7 says, And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, say these next two words with me, is yours. That peace is yours. Philippians 4 verse 9 says keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me everything you heard from me and saw me doing Then the God of peace Will be with you how put these things into practice Let the Holy Spirit live in you And when you do you're gonna find a God of peace supernaturally showing up on the inside where I am finding serenity in my soul many people think I won't get it until I've died and gone to heaven, but you have, Jesus died to give you serenity now. And so the band is going to come join me, and each and every week, my goal in this series, I, I think, is I want to share one of the Beatitudes with you because Jesus shared such potent spiritual truths in the eight Beatitudes. Some people say there's nine. I want to share with you the first one, and I believe it's the most important one because without this, you're not going to have the full fruits of the other eight Beatitudes. listen to this in matthew chapter five god blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him for the kingdom of heaven is theirs god blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him for the kingdom of heaven is theirs i have always loved global missions i have a goal to go on the missions field with our church once a year if not more I'm looking forward to the day that we have multiple trips going out per year where all anyone can sign up and get on the mission field if you've never been on before here's one of the reasons I like taking people out of the country and into some of these places that are destitute because in America you may not realize this in fact it's hard for all of us to realize this we just got too much I'm not trying to throw shame or condemnation and tell you to throw things away. I just don't think we realize we've got too much. On your worst day, 99.5% of the globe would change places with you on your worst day. And, and, and you get over to the global missions field and every time I bring someone new, the first thing you're going to hear is they just have so much joy. They just, the smiles on their faces, contagious. Like, They have peace. They've got nothing. I've got so much. I've got everything and yet they are happier than I am and it happens over and over again. It's because they can't rely on boats. They can't rely on restaurants. They can't rely on great vacations. They can't rely on game stations and they can't re- rely on a lucrative job to find their love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness. They are poor and destitute and realize only place I can turn to God and I have found He's a not God and this not God and that not God and wealth not God and game stations not God and a brand new iPhone screen not God and a whole bunch of followers not God and a crowd not God and a business no, I don't need anything else I have nothing else I just have God and He is bringing some fruits in my life experience adversity heck yeah they do but I do find that they seem to be a little happier Matthew 5 if I put it in the Pastor Drew version says happy and blessed is the person who realizes they are completely destitute utterly helpless one who realizes their absolute need for God because when we start realizing I've tried to get rid of this I inherited a lot of this Other people taught me a lot of this, and I've tried to reduce it. Blessed is the one who says, I cannot defeat this. I've tried, and I've got to try something stronger than myself. I realize that without the cross, I am doomed for this. And by the way, this said that there is impossible to inherit the kingdom of God, heaven, living this way. So, God, I realize I've come to the end of my rope. In fact, that's how the message version says it in Matthew 5. It says, You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God in His rule. The God's word translation says, Blessed are those who recognize they are spiritually helpless. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. The, the New Century version says. Those people who know they have great spiritual need are happy because the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. And I finish by summing it up like this. The more we realize we have a flesh problem, the more we can rely on God. And the more that we rely on God, the kingdom of heaven is ours. Can I pray for you right now? God. We're all aware of the list on my left. We're all aware of our flesh. We're all aware of our shortcomings. We're all aware of our short fuses. We're all aware that where we just keep failing. God, I'm praying for the strength of God to rise up. God, you came with your Holy Spirit with dunamis power, power to overcome. Your word says that no temptation known to man can overcome us with the power of God working inside of us who will deliver us. So Father, I pray that less and less of relying on our flesh, more and more of relying on you. We decrease and we realize we aren't strong enough to do it. We don't have what it takes, but Father, we believe that you can do it in us as we rely on your strength and power, and so we surrender today. As I pray, many of you are surrendering again saying i let go of more i let go of more and i applaud you and i praise you for some of you in this room this might be new to you it's the very first time that you said i think i need to give god a shot i think i need to take jesus more seriously and i want to ask him to forgive me of my sins and i want to rely on Or maybe you did that years ago or even months ago, maybe even weeks ago, but you went back to your flesh ways. Today is a day, whether it's for the first time or the first time in a long time, that you say, I'm going to surrender it all yet again. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Though sin had left a crimson stain, Jesus washes it white as snow. If you're in this place, every head bowed, every eye closed, I will not call you forward and I will not embarrass you, but I don't want you to be embarrassed before God in heaven to just say, Pastor Drew, that's me and I'm giving my life to him today. Would you, if that's you, would you just throw your hand high into the air real quick and I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Yes, sir. I see you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're moving in hearts today. And maybe you are already living that way and you say, Pastor Drew, I need to make a recommitment right now. If that's you, just quick hand... Yeah, that's me. Yeah, I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, Live Church. I saw so many hands forward and backwards. Would y'all pray out loud with me and pray along with your neighbor who might have raised their hand. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I'm a sinner and I've made many mistakes. I'm asking you to forgive me of all of them. I want to start all over again. And I'm thankful that I get to do it right now because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I love you, Jesus. I believe you're Lord and you're my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. And the church said amen and amen. Come on and put your hands.